Little Movie Dates podcast. Uh, my name is Charlie, uh, joined by Ebony. Hello. Yeah, sorry. I know I told you like right before we started recording <laughs> that you were going to introduce yourself, and then I just, I just, just no, busted no, you take my it. Cap you got it. it You're confident. I yeah. appreciate that. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. So this is the uh, we're we're a young couple, and we like to watch movies together, and so we decided to start a podcast where we talk about movie news. Uh, we're going to review a movie today. We're talking about Last Night in Soho, uh, and then we're going to talk about some new trailers uh, near the end of the show. So stick around for all of that because it's going to be fun. Maybe. It will be good. I promise. Perhaps this is the first <laughs> episode, so you never know, right? <laughs> It'd be a train wreck. Absolutely. Uh, so let's just jump right into some some movie news because uh, man, oh boy, there's some interesting stuff that went on this week uh so first things first we got some some pushbacks um we got uh, transformers rise of the beasts pushed back a full year wow um, so that was supposed to come out in 2022 that's i'm confused by the transformers franchise so is this transformers 6 or is it transformers 7 because i lost track after the first one well they had okay so they did transformers and then there was transformers 2 yeah. and then they recast megan fox for the third one right is that true? Yeah, she was not in the third one. She's also not in the fourth one. Yeah, but I th- but it's like different characters in the fourth one. Yeah, but I didn't know it that. Was is the it? Mark Wahlberg version? Yeah, the so. Mark the Mark Wahlberg version where he was like, "Yeah, I'm totally from Texas, dude. We found a transformer," and it's like that's clearly a Boston accent for sure. He tried, but, you know, he did his yeah. best. And then there was the fifth one with Anthony Hopkins, which was very bad. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Anthony Hopkins was in a Transformers movie? Yeah, dude, have you not seen the no. fifth one? It's egregious. What? Okay, what happened in his career when that I he saw, had to take that movie? When I saw that movie, I watched it at um, I was living at uh, on a seventh floor balcony, and it took every ounce of my strength to not climb over and leap <laughs> off when I was watching that movie. It was horrific. So, but then they made Bumblebee, which I thought, like in my opinion, that felt like they were rebooting mm-hmm. the franchise. Am I like am I am I am I crazy here? I think it was like one of those spinoffs, like how Marvel's doing the the Morbius, which we'll talk about, where it was just like a one off. Yeah, different uh, well, director, or maybe like, or maybe like, uh, like, like Shaw, Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw, like Fast and Furious. Like it's not like an official Fast and Furious movie, but yeah. it's kind of like it's a like one in shot. the same universe kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so now we have a Transformers universe, which we didn't need. The multiverse. The, the Transformers <laughs> multiverse. Um, and yeah, so that's Transformers. So they, why the pushbacks? Uh, I don't know. I think I think COVID just kind of screwed oh, it up. Yeah. COVID kind of screwed it up. So it's it's hard to say. Hard to say. They didn't. It wasn't stated why or. Did didn't read. Didn't oh, read. Didn't read, read the full article. Just read the headline. Just read the headline. That's all you need. I'm a, I'm a professional, so I do I do all the work. Um, then uh, we have Leonardo DiCaprio is set to play cult leader Jim Jones in a movie about Jonestown. Ooh. That's going to be awesome. Like, I actually think that's going to be awesome. That sounds exciting. First of, all, first of all, we all know that Leo rips. Absolutely. Leo rules. And, uh, like, the Jonestown story is so fascinating and messed up that mm. like i do want to know more about it but i do like i don't know i, I watch movies right yeah. <laughs> that, that's how i digest information and i'm like i'm like yep oh, yep there was absolutely uh, no editing there whatsoever that's historically what happened now in my mind well i think leo will pull off the charismatic leader well yeah like, abs- he's charismatic a- absolutely that's true and like he like we've seen in uh Django Unchained like he can be that charismatic Ooh, leader yeah. while also being unbelievably intense as well yeah I'm excited that's um, gonna be good when is that due to come out that is due to come out in 2022 perfect so probably like Oscar season that sounds like an Oscar baby oh, movie. oh for sure yeah that's an Acad movie dude that's probably like next November um we also got Patty Jenkins Star Wars Rogue One Squad. <laughs> 
I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Patty Jenkins' Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron, um, is going to be delayed another year. So, again, that's more delays, probably COVID-related. Yeah. Um, I do know that Disney is sort of skeptical to move forward with Star Wars because they had promised us initially that, that we were going to get a Star Wars movie every year. Mm. And then... They did do that, but the last three movies didn't do very well. You had Last Jedi, Solo, and Scott Rise of Skywalker, which all made money, I'm sure. Yeah, but not Disney money. Yeah, it didn't not make like Star Wars. Yeah, money. it didn't make like Star Wars money. It didn't make like the money that they were hoping it was gonna make. Yeah. Um. So, um, I, it's hard to say why they're pushing these Star Wars movies back because they did. They had another trilogy that was gonna be fronted by. Um, oh, what's the name of the guy? The guy who did Last Jedi. I forget his name, but that director, professional podcast. Um, <laughs> the non-JJ one. It was like, yeah. was it like Ryan? Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Ryan Johnson was going to make his own trilogy. And that's what the end of Last Jedi was all about, where you see that kid kind of sweeping up the mess. And he's oh. like, what's going on here? And so, but they're kind of pushing it all back because I think they want to be, instead of just like churning out a Star Wars movie every year, they want to be pretty confident with the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. You never know. I, I wish they had done that with the the trilogy. Like, yeah. quality over quantity. Guys. Absolutely. We might have got some better movies yeah. instead of <laughs> what it is we got. The garbage which was, fire. Yeah, which was a mess, dude. An yeah. absolute mess. Uh, fourth piece of movie news. Um, now, this is something that I'm actually kind of excited about. Despite the fact that this is about Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't really care about mm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know that. We've discussed that many times in the past. I don't care about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but what I do care about is Spider-Man. Um we got a new poster for Spider-Man No Way Home, which gave us our first look at the Green Goblin. Um, who Who is playing the Green Goblin? Willem Dafoe. <gasps> oh, be, yes! It's going to be Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, and then Jamie Foxx is going to be playing Electro, okay. and Alfred Molina is going to be playing Dr. Octopus. Um, okay. So you have Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies coming back and reprising those roles, as well as Jamie Foxx, who was in the Mark Webb Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um, coming back and reprising those roles. So a lot of people, like... A lot of people believe that the movie is also going to have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in it, which, like, would be just the best. I would love to see I, that. I would, I would love to see it. But I need Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man again. But they keep denying that it's true. Well, they're all cast in the Doctor Strange are they multiverse that, one. They're, they're billed. Is that true? Yes. Is that true? They're billed? They're I, think billed. They're, I think they're rumored billed. But oh. like I would still I would still love to no, see I it. No, I think I saw it. I should look this up before I like boldly before claim. you say it on it's the like, internet. Like yeah, no, it's definitely true. Absolutely. <laughs> While you look that up, I'm gonna talk about the next thing. Vin Diesel is begging Dwayne Johnson to come back to be in Fast and Furious 10. Oh. Um, because there was beef between Vin Diesel and The Rock, and they got and because apparently Vin Diesel is like kind of awful on set, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson was like, I'm not a part of that. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, yes, the and sweetest so, man on the planet. Yeah, does absolutely. not like Vin Diesel. That does not surprise me. Yeah, absolutely. He's the nicest guy ever. Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is confirmed my dad. But uh, <laughs> so now Vin Diesel is like, come on, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, come on back. We'll we'll have a good time. We'll make Fast and Furious Ten. So um, mm. he's putting out that plea. Have you found out if that's true about Doctor Strange and the multiverse? The internet oh. is so slow for me. I'm still looking. Okay, Give well that's that's okay. You know what? We'll we'll move past it. We'll all move right, past all right. it. Oh God. Sorry, my cat is making uh, a plethora of sound. Unbe- <laughs> unbelievable sound, dude. <laughs> 
It's like she doesn't know we're recording a podcast right now. She just wants to be included. Yeah, she does, but she does not get to be. Uh, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about our feature presentation here. Uh, so last night we went and saw Last Night in Soho, starring Edgar Wright. Your thoughts? What do you think? Like initial thoughts? I loved it until the end. Like, are we doing no spoilers? Right? Yeah, no, no spoilers. No okay. spoilers. We'll, we'll give hinties. We'll give sure, little, little hinties. Little, like little nuggets. Sprinkle them in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I loved their direction. I loved the costumes. I loved the atmosphere. The acting was excellent. The script, like I loved it up until a certain point, and then I became so disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. They um, were building up to a movie that they could not pull off. But yeah, they, they they weren't they weren't gonna be able to satisfy the means mm. of what they had built up, and I I agree with that completely. Uh, so this is a movie from director Edgar Wright, who we uh, like, question mark. Uh, I don't want to say love because he's got things like World's End, which uh, is not my favorite. And uh, actually, World's End sucks. Uh, just straight <laughs> up. I'm not even going to say it's not my favorite. It sucks. That movie is terrible. Um, and you're lukewarm on Scott Pilgrim. And I'm lukewarm on Scott Pilgrim. Lukewarm to like, I think maybe it sucks. Oh wow! I think I think maybe it it kind of sucks, and like uh, like I like watching it because it's very visual. Like there's a lot of visual flair, but like yeah. if you look at the movie, it's set up in such like a like a stupid predictable pattern where it's just like evil X content, evil X content. It, it felt it feels like a video game, and I know that it's supposed to feel yeah. that way. But well, that's, that's the whole, but like, not movie. That's the direction he took with yeah. the the coins and everything. It was just so. Um, it was its own little world, and that's what I loved about it. Yeah, that is true. It does the sort world of... building from his like his direction and his world building in in Last Night in Soho too. He's just so Excellent. good at that. Yeah, super. He creates good. the atmosphere so effectively. I I completely agree. I actually completely agree. But like like as a movie, like dialogue, dialogue driven, mm-hmm. and and performances and, and character structure. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is not my favorite. All right. Um, all right. That, being, that. that being said, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, these are all great films. Mm-hmm. I would say Last Night in Soho is like right in the middle between the bad movies and the good movies. Yeah. Um, for me. I think it's I think it's like perfectly fine. Like we said earlier, like it's visually stunning. They, they use a lot of camera tricks in this movie mm. to sort of like mess with the mind. Um, and they use like mirroring and uh, and things like that. They use a lot of uh, okay. they transition a lot between using Thomas and McKenzie and Anna Taylor Joy um, because they're sort of the same character. I don't want to give too many spoilers, no. but they're like sort of it, it's the movie is sort of like Midnight in Paris. If you've ever seen that, the Woody Allen movie with Owen Wilson. Um, but it's really kind of like this girl is living in modern times and she has like a secret gateway to the 1960s where she gets to live out her greatest fantasies um, before realizing that her greatest fantasies are actually uh, that the 60s kind of sucked. Mm. You know, like it's it's sort of like talking about the fetishizing fet- fetishizing. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> We're talking about the fetishizing of like like a decade like you know how so many people are like i should have been born in the 60s and it's like well just because you like the beatles doesn't mean you should be born in the 60s you must love segregation yes if you want to be born in the 60s yeah exactly (laughs) exactly like like things were not good in the 60s like there was segregation and i think that's like a, a a great point that edgar wright was making is like you can love the aesthetic of a decade but it's not the reality of it yeah exactly Exactly, and you can you can love the tone of mm. the decade as well, right? But there truly is so much that's problematic, and this movie really touches on on women and how women were treated. Yeah. Um, 
um, you know, like going back to the 1960s where women were kind of treated objectively. And so the idea here is that this girl wants so bad to go back to the 1960s. She gets to, she loves it until, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the movie kind of progresses from there. And, the ending, it just, I don't want to give spoilers away because lots of people are going to go and see this movie, obviously, but the ending just feels like they set up so much and then they didn't know what to antagonize by the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, they didn't know, like, ooh, do we want murder to be the bad thing? Do we want, like, like uh, assault to be the bad thing? Do we want to Do we want to antagonize certain people? Is this person the bad guy or is this person the bad guy? And then we have this other old dude who just kind of hangs around and is kind of mean for no reason, like super rude. Super rude and super mean for no reason, um, especially when you find out later, like, the identity of the old man, which is, like, parallel to the 1960s. Mm. Uh, and guess what? Uh, doesn't make sense that he was that mean. Makes zero sense, actually. No, I don't know. Yeah, I think they were trying, they were laying down breadcrumbs for yeah. the audience and then decided not to do anything with with them. Yeah. Or they were like, haha, just kidding. And, <laughs> yeah. and you can't yeah. do no, that. I agree. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like they really had like great ideas here and they pulled out of these ideas like halfway through writing because the movie. Because they knew that you would you would expect that. Yeah. And I was ready for them to just lead me to the ending I expected. I would have liked that. But they were they wanted to be twisty. They wanted me to be like, oh. Yeah, but the twists didn't make sense. No. You know, it's like it's like M. Night Shyamalan. You know, yeah. it's like it doesn't make sense really. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk performances here. Okay. Thomas and McKenzie. Thomas and McKenzie, dude. I love Thomas and McKenzie. Powerhouse. She's so good. She's so She's good. She's so good. And I like I, I loved her in Jojo Rabbit and then seeing her go from this from that to this. Um, where now she's a leading lady, which I guess she kind of was in Jojo Rabbit. But, but she's, she was a child. Like, yeah. she was playing a teenager. And in this she is too, but she's so much more, there's so much more depth to her character. I agree, yeah. Like, it's it's definitely it's definitely less innocent. Mm. And and it's almost like the idea of innocence lost, this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Thomas and Mackenzie does a great job of personifying that with even just, like, little things, like the way that her eyes move or, like, or her hair. Like, when she changes mm. her hair halfway through the movie, that is sort of, like, the death of her innocence absolutely um and and like the death of her like uh, the death of her identity um which which is portrayed excellently in this movie Uh, like i said this movie's not all bad i'm not trying to i'm not trying to slag it you know no Um, i think because i liked the the lead up to the ending so much i was more disappointed with the ending because of how well Edgar Wright set up the atmosphere, like the transitions between modern day and the 60s, the lighting, the performances, all of that was so good and it had so much potential that when it was a letdown, I was... I was mad. I, yeah, I was I was disappointed with yeah. I would say the last like 30 minutes of the movie kind of just spirals out of control and doesn't make but sense. But that's the fault of the script and I think we can't fault any of the performances yeah. or the director for that. Yeah, I, no, I agree with that. Um and even some of the dialogue is a little like Hokey. I would I would say corny. Yeah. What, what word did you use? Hokey. Hokey. Yeah, that's that's a great <laughs> that's another great word for it. I agree. Very very hokey. Mm-hmm. Um super like almost Almost like it's trying so hard to be cool, but it's just not yeah. that cool. Um, so Thomas and Mackenzie, Anna Taylor Joy is fine. She's Anna Taylor Joy in this movie. She plays herself. She's she's good. I think that the character 
was a hard one to to bring any depth to because really what are you working with yeah like she barely has like she barely has dialogue to be honest like most of her dialogue is said by thomas and mckenzie and when she does have dialogue it almost feels like thomas and mckenzie should be saying it yeah um just because she is the parallel to thomas and mckenzie in you know in like the 1960s segments um um you know who i love though who? I love Matt Smith, dude. I couldn't he believe was it. Great. He was really, really good in this movie, and I've only ever seen him like, uh, like there's only a couple of things that come to mind. I've seen him in lots, but like only a couple things come like to Doctor mind. Who. Doctor Who comes to mind, yeah. obviously. He was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies <laughs> comes to mind. Film. Yeah, good, good film. He said sarcastically. <laughs> Um, but like Matt Smith kind of took me by surprise. I yeah. didn't think that I was going to. I, I didn't think that I was really going to be like. Uh, like emotionally invested in the things that his character was doing but he was so like he was almost like he was almost rub your mustache evil that like i didn't expect him to be able to play like a suave a suave ladies man like so well because i've only ever seen him in like do dorky stuff you know like pride and prejudice and zombies where he's a huge dork the beginning of his character where he's just that really charming um just alluring kind of yeah like he's got leading that a- man he's got that atmosphere you he know? does and and i didn't know that he could pull that off it, it makes I you was very impressed it makes you initially root for him which mm. i think works uh, like works in in conjunction with the script Absolutely. to make the character a little bit more convincing and mm-hmm. i think matt smith does a fantastic job at that yeah um there's like there's lots of other people diana riggs is in this movie and i i don't know for sure but i'm i'm pretty sure i should have looked this up last night because i'm pretty sure she died after she made this movie oh wow um so i think i I think this was diana riggs last movie Mm -hmm. and man she is perfectly fine in it like just (laughs) so perfectly fine it may also just be like thomas and mckenzie was so good that the people who did well were just like yeah but you're not you're not Thomas, Thomas and McKenzie. But you know what? I really, I don't think it is that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think it is that. I think they were just fine. Yeah. I think they were directed fine. They're, they're nothing special. Yeah. Um, what's the, there's like, she, there's like a love interest in this movie too, and he's fine. Well, that character is so. It's so shoehorned. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's just like, that character has zero depth. He's just a nice guy. And there's no reason for him to be nice to her. It's just so that Thomas and Mackenzie has someone to tell the things that's happening. Yeah, but, to. like, she's so crazy that no person would want to spend time with her. No. Like, th- that is what bothers me about this movie is that no person would want to spend time with her. There's also, well, the like... the scene in the library, yeah. I was like, now it's not believable to me that yeah. these people would want to associate with her. I won't say what happens. There's also, there's also, like, this other antagonist in this movie that I think is unnecessary, and it's just, like, a mean girl. Mm. like it's like Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls like she's exactly like that it's it's and it's not caricature like it's not supposed to be satirical but it feels like it is I think there are people like that yeah. especially in those industries like she um Thomas and McKenzie's character is in fashion school in right. London yeah, we did we didn't mention that yeah. and um and so yeah there's all of those people who are like oh this is this brand and uh, you're beneath me and I'm a rich yeah, she, daddy's girl kind yeah of, she's kind of catty yeah, yeah it just felt kind of caricature and out of place a little bit you know and, and like every time every time this character says anything I'm, I'm kind of looking over at you in the theater with this like snippy like come on look yeah. like come on <laughs> like seriously we don't I don't I don't think that I needed it no. I understand why it's there but it just I don't think that it added anything and yeah. uh, like especially near the end of the movie there's just so much that's like unnecessary with I think that it was character. just mostly to um 
to to, to move juxtapose the like Thomas and Mackenzie's not like other girls. That's yeah. what that commentary was. <laughs> yeah, she's true. not like other. She's girls. not like other girls, dude. She <laughs> she likes old music. Yeah, like, she likes the '60s. Oh so no, she's quirky. so quirky, super quirky. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like we're we're giving this movie a lot of crap, but like I do think this is a it's a fine good movie. movie. Like it's it's, g- it's good. I would say like yeah. it's definitely worth it for the visuals. Yeah, um, the neon coloring in this is amazing. Like it's it's truly amazing. Um, I would I would tell people to watch it, but not go see it in theaters yeah um, i would watch it. i wouldn't want to pay money for yeah it. so uh i'd say from there let's let's uh let's bring it on over to the rating system all right um out of five stars what are you giving this bad boy i'll give it a four give it i a think four? the direction makes up for all of the things that we really? just you, talked about you think you think you think that it much? was beautiful enough and i liked it for long enough that i'll give it four okay all right you know what fair enough i'm gonna give it three Oh. I, I'm going to give it three uh, because that's what I believe that it works, uh, what it, what I believe it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also adding another segment here that I forgot I was going to tell you about okay. where I'm just going to do like a few micro reviews of some other stuff I've seen this week. Sweet. I uh, totally forgot to tell you about that before we started the <laughs> podcast, but I'm just doing it anyways. All right. Throw um, it in. Just so that like we don't – I like just, just to have a few other things in here so that yeah. we – um, so the few other things that I saw this week, I saw a movie called Bingo Hell, uh, Amazon Prime, one star, quite bad, uh, really, really boring, um, and actually didn't make any sense, made no sense, actually. Uh, then I also saw Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin, that's the newest in the Paranormal Activity franchise, that's also on Amazon Prime. We're not going to do a full review of this on this show, it's so bad, it's one star, I can't <laughs> believe how bad it is. Uh, then we have Sia's movie, uh, Music, which music. you and I both did, yes. actually, no, you opted out. I couldn't, I couldn't finish. finish. It. it was so offensive. It's it's an unbelievably egregious. Um, so it's a movie that handle. It's about autism and it handles it so, so badly, poorly. so badly. Um, and that one's a half star mm. on the scale, half star. Uh, if I could give it no stars, I would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then I also saw the new Paul Schrader movie, which is called The Card Counter, with uh, Oscar Isaac, Tim- Tiffany Haddish, Willem Dafoe, and Ty Sheridan. Uh, this movie is excellent. This is a, in my opinion, much better use of the neons than what we saw in Last Night in Soho. Oh. Uh, it's a, one of the most beautiful movies of the year, even though it's about casinos and gambling, which I guess... Now, now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah, that, that gives you lots of plenty of opportunity. But there's like one scene in the card counter that I particularly like where the Tiffany Haddish character and Oscar Isaac go walking in like this um, uh, like this Christmas light display. And it's one of the it's probably the most beautiful scene I've seen in a movie this wow. year. Wow. Like, oh, I have to see it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do have to see that movie. It's good. I'm giving that one four out of five mm-hmm. uh, on the scale. Uh, so let's talk trailers. We got some we got some new trailers this week. Uh, first one off. We got a second trailer for Morbius. Which, um, looks fine. I don't know. I don't know, man. Cause like it's, it's, uh, it's set. I don't, I, I, first of all, I don't understand it. Uh, if I'm being totally he's a honest. He's bat person. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Batman. He, he's like a bat guy. He's not the Batman. He's not the Batman. He's a Batman. Um, and the problem is, is that, uh, it's, so Jared Leto, it takes place in the same universe as Venom. However, it also takes place in the same universe as Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. But that, not the Avengers. But not the Avengers. But Michael Keaton, who is in Homecoming, is in Morbius as the same character. But Iron Man was in Homecoming. This makes no sense. You guys have messed it up. You've made it too confusing now because the problem is, is that Venom, I think what happened was Disney saw Venom and was like, we want... 
no part of this mm. um, because I've talked to you about Venom before, but I, I genuinely believe Venom is the worst superhero movie ever made. I think it's just god awful. It's so corny and terrible. And so I chose not to see. It. I haven't seen Venom 2. Haven't seen that yet admittedly are you going to is that like maybe you're gonna spend your time watching venom 2 uh probably not but you never (laughs) know right like sometimes i surprise myself with the garbage that i watch (laughs) like music you did watch bingo hell i did watch bingo you're probably Uh, the only person who saw that i I saw a movie called bingo hell on amazon prime and was like click on that bad boy (laughs) you know that the people at bingo hell headquarters were like oh my goodness we we got got one one. (laughs) (laughs) but um what were we talking about? Morbius. Morbius, right. And so um, if we are looking at the same quality of film that we got from Venom, no thank you. Mm. No thank you for that. If we're looking at the same quality as the Spider-Man movies, even still, even still I'm iffy. I don't know. It, I think it's hard to judge based on the trailer because it's they, definitely just an action movie. He's going to be yeah. doing lots of tricks. and He's going to be doing backflips and there's going to be lots of... emo boy. Oh, we forgot to mention this, but Last Night in Soho has about has a whoosh sound effect every five seconds. <laughs> Couldn't stop going... <laughs> but uh, that's an Edgar Wright thing. He downloaded the whoosh sound effect 15 years ago and hasn't looked back. It's it's a it's a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Twenty five years ago, because I forgot. Shaun of the Dead was a while back now, but um, what were we talking about? Right, Morbius. Morbius. I, keep, I keep forgetting because I just care so little. About yeah, it. that's fair. Uh, I I don't know. I don't have much else to say. It looks like a cookie cutter superhero movie. superhero movie. Yeah, like uh, some a certain demographic is gonna love that movie, and I am not that demographic. Absolutely. We also got our first trailer for Disney Pixar's Lightyear, mm. um, which is a spinoff of Toy Story? Question mark. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because I can't tell if they're taking it too seriously or not seriously enough. But it's one of those things. Yeah, I thought it looked cute. Yeah, and I think I'm able to kind of remove it from the Toy Story. Because maybe I, like I can't. For me, I simply can't. For me, it's gonna be like what Buzz Lightyear thought. Because in the first movie, he legitimately believes that he is going to space. Like he believes his backstory. Maybe it's just his backstory. Okay, so stick with me for a second here. All right, because all right. now we're gonna talk about Lightyear. So let's think about Lightyear for like three nanoseconds, right. and and what exactly it is. It's a movie that exists in the Toy Story universe. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that has to already exist in the Toy Story universe. Otherwise, why would the toy be so popular? Right. Right? Yes. Um, but on that same token, if that movie exists in the Toy Story universe, that means that this content was created with a 1995 audience in mind. Mm. It's not 1995. It's 2002. And instead, what we're getting is we're getting the gritty reboot version of something that doesn't actually even exist. Yeah. We're getting a gritty reboot. Uh, there was the t- there was the movie. There was Buzz the Lightyear Light Command or Star Command or whatever that movie was called. Yeah, yeah. Uh but that was like straight to VHS and uh, Disney DVD, you know? Like mm. that would be that would be dumped onto Disney Plus now. In fact, I'm surprised it hasn't been dumped onto Disney Plus. They're probably now. like we don't no one needs to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely none of that. Um I just don't know. I just don't know if it's necessary. Is is it necessary <laughs> to reboot 
everything. That's what I I made that comment last night yeah. because every trailer before seeing Last Night in Soho was a reboot. Yeah, there was there's lots of reboots coming. Um, it's like what happened to original content? We were talking specifically about Ghostbusters, which has been rebooted twice in five years. Yeah. Like, well, there, I think we're just gonna pretend that the all female cast Ghostbusters didn't happen. Answer the call just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, let's just pretend answer the call didn't happen. Yeah, I'll just probably, black that one out from yeah, my memory. That's probably that's probably the best option in my opinion. I love I do love Melissa McCarthy doing some fart jokes, but oh yeah, well there's lots of movies sar- you can watch. That's sarcasm. <laughs> I I don't like that whatsoever, <laughs> not at all. Um, I'm excited for Lightyear though. I will, I'll see it. Oh I yeah, think I'm it gonna see cute. it. Like I'm 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 gonna see it for sure. It's definitely like it's for kids. Yeah, it's gonna be cute. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next trailer we got on the dock. We got the second trailer for Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so. This is great because this can segue into us talking about video game movies because video game movies seem to be rampant right now. Mm. Um, we got we've got this Resident Evil. We had Sonic the Hedgehog last year, which egregious. I, yeah. I don't understand. There are so many people who like it. I don't understand. And the Super Mario movie coming out. The Super Mario movie. That's right. And the full <laughs> oh, cast. Of that there's no trailer yet. I can't wait for there to be a trailer. Oh, I'm for so that. ready. Um, because it's gonna be trash. It, it's gonna be. It, it's gonna be a nightmare. Like watching a train crash. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. I won't to be watch able to that. look away for that. <laughs> look away from that for a New York nanosecond. Like that's gonna be so bizarre to look at. I like, want to. I want to see day one in theater. Chris Pratt's voice coming out of that man, dude. That's just gonna be jarring. Cause like I grew up playing Super Mario, and I know Charles Martinet is the voice of Mario, and that's what he's supposed to sound like. And Chris Pratt can't do that. Mm-mm. He can't do whatever Charles Martinet does. Charles Martinet is too powerful, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but you got uh, so Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh right, right, right. We keep getting sidetracked. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good. Um, Resident <laughs> Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. There was a couple of people in this trailer that I didn't recognize, but you seem to know who they were. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her name, but she's in Skins. Skins, right? Yeah. She's uh, and she that. was in the Maze Runner. Like she's she's a YA. Uh, YA, huh? Yeah, right. but she's she's a good actress. I really liked her in Skins, so I'm excited to see what she does with yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah, absolutely. And um. I don't know how to feel about this one, too, because it's coming out at the end of the month, so it's coming out pretty quickly here. Um, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City looks like it's going to be, like, the right amount of violence, but, uh, like, the CGI is... That dog. Yeah, the CGI dog. Oh, man. (laughs) It looks questionable. Mm. It looks looks unfinished. And granted, it's a trailer, so it was unfinished. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that they polish up some of that CGI. Um, They had something that I'm not sure is... Nemesis from the Resident Evil franchise but looked like Nemesis I don't want to say for sure like oh that was Nemesis and then people be like oh you're an idiot (laughs) idiot play the game idiot you know Um, but the thing that looked like Nemesis um, was also questionable like it looked Mm. like it needed it needed a couple more days work on it before you could patch that up pack it up kick it out the door you know yeah um so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on resident evil last one that we're going to talk about um is belfast yeah this should be awesome i as soon as i heard judy dench's voice i was sold judy dench and and, um kieran hines who Mm. who i also love um you know i forgive him for justice league but uh and could katrina bafe yeah, Katrina Bave. Oh, uh, uh, Outlander. What's his, Jamie Dornan? Yeah, yeah, from Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty fame. Shades of Grey, baby. <laughs> Fifty Shades. But Belfast I, looks good. I think Jamie Dornan might be like that that Robert Pattinson thing, where it's like the thing that everyone knows him from is the thing he didn't care about, so yeah. he didn't work at all on <laughs> acting. 
Uh, but then it turns out he might be the best actor ever. You know, well, maybe we'll cause, see with cause, Belfast. Because look at Robert Pattinson post Twilight. Dude. Oh that my guy gosh, rules. he's incredible! I can't wait to see him as Batman. That's gonna rule. Oh yeah, um, and it looks gritty, like exactly what I want from a Batman. Yeah. Movie. Which speaking of which, that new Batman trailer, we're just gonna we're just gonna skirt by that this real quick. But that new Batman trailer looks awesome. Looks incredible. Looks really good. But I'm back so to Belfast. Um, this this looks it looks a little Oscar baity in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, my hesitation is that it's being directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, who has made some really good movies, um, but then he's also made, you know, that really bad uh, Jack Reacher with, yeah, oh. with Tom Cruise. Was that? Was that? Is that? No, 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 no. Um, the one I'm thinking of is Chris Pine. What, oh yeah, that's was it Jack? No, that was Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. That's what it's called. Oh, he made that <laughs> movie, which sucks. He made Artemis Fowl, which, which is. Sucks. Owl. In my <laughs> it's aptly named. Yeah, ab- absolutely terrible. It's just Josh Gad using his mole hands to eat dirt. Like, <laughs> why do I need to see Josh Gad using his mole hands to eat dirt? No, thank you. And then Murder on the Orient Express, which was a pretty poor adaptation of that book, which mm. is a book I love. Um, but the movie. He likes those adaptations, eh? Yeah. Oh, he loves he loves to adapt. Mm. Um, of course, like his most famous movie is is Hamlet, which is good. Uh, oh, I haven't four, seen it. Four hours. Oh, that's why I haven't seen it. Four hours, but it's good. Um, so it's, but that was in the nineties. Mm. Like that was that's like the last example of a Kenneth Branagh movie that I saw where I was like, oh, he is good. Um, so we'll see what happens with Belfast. It is. It's slated to win Best Picture, and apparently, it's very good. All right. Um. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to save our save our opinions on that one. Yeah, for sure. it looks good. I liked the trailer. It seemed intriguing. So for, for sure, for sure. So that's everything that we have uh, for this podcast, uh, guys. Thanks for thanks for listening. If you listen to the whole thing, you can follow us on Instagram at Little Movie Dates. Uh, if you follow us, we'll follow you back. You send us a message, we'll send one back. Maybe depends. No, I'm just kidding. We'll send we'll send a message <laughs> back for sure. Um, so thanks for thanks for listening and uh, have a great evening.